0: Hey, how's it going, everyone? Your host, Dean Kulawiri here, and thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of my Job Search Chat recording. Uh, again, if you want to join my live session, if you want to join in live and tune in, uh, I broadcast live on LinkedIn as well as on my Facebook page. All the links are on my website, which should be less listed in the uh, the description for this podcast. Today's guest was Dr. Amanda Rico. Uh, she's a professional resume expert and career strategist, uh, been, in, been, been in the industry for about 13, over 13 years. And uh, she provided some great information and tips and advice in regards to resumes, cover letters, uh, as well as LinkedIn profiles. So make sure you check it out. This is definitely one of those note-taking sessions. So uh, get ready with your notebook, your notepad, or your your note-taking app. And uh, hope you get a lot of great information out of this one. to everyone tuning in. Um just getting set up here. Let me know in the comments who you are, which city you're tuning in from uh before I get this thing started. Sorry I was a few minutes late. Had a bit of a technical difficulty there, but all good. Uh so let me know in the comments folks where you're tuning in from. And uh let me know let, let myself and and I'll, I'll be introducing my uh, my wonderful guest today here uh, shortly, but uh all of your resume and cover letter questions and and struggles and tips and advice, anything you need help with. Uh, let me know in the comments and i'm going to get this thing started this party started shortly all right uh so let me know in the comments folks uh who you are where you're tuning in from i'm just going to give it a few minutes for people to start tuning in and uh, shout out to everyone tuning in from facebook i don't want to f- forget all the facebook people out there appreciate it and all of you uh, tuning in from uh, linkedin We got Monica tuning in from Victoria, BC. Beautiful Victoria, BC. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in, Monica. Uh, Who else is here? Make sure you hit like, by the way, folks. This is a very important conversation I'm having today with today's guest, uh, who is Dr. Amanda Rico. And we're going to be talking about resume, cover letter tips and advice. We're even going to be covering some LinkedIn tips and advice as well. Common, common question I always get asked as a recruiter from, from people who reached out to me uh dean what how, how do you write a good resume you know what tips and advice do you have for for a good format for a resume is this right is this wrong so i brought a, a special guest for all of you we got Mayowa tuning in all the way from nigeria wow uh welcome to the show my friend thanks so much for tuning in we got scott from denver colorado colorado's in the house how's it going scott thanks so much for tuning in uh we've got Ravneet from toronto all right and uh, who else is in a mixture again folks make sure you hit like and uh Look, this is a great networking opportunity, right? So all of you, you know, let, let, let everyone know in the comments if you're open to networking, you know, make connections with each other, network, it's a great opportunity. We've got Vignesh from Scarborough. All right, Scarborough's in the house. We got Akash all the way from Nepal. Uh, awesome, thanks so much. Nice seeing you again, Akash. It's been a while. I haven't seen you here for a while. Uh, we got Ruja from Waterloo and we got Abhishek. Uh who says thanks for the regular updates. No worries, abhishek Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh so yeah, k- uh, keep the comments coming in, folks. Make sure you hit like, make sure you share. Uh today's gonna be a very important episode. All right. And and today's guest again is uh my new friend uh, who's tuning in from the states, from the US. Uh her name is her, she is uh, Dr. Amanda Rico. And uh I'll give it just a few more seconds before I get this thing started, but I do see a whole bunch of comments coming in. So again, folks. All your resume questions, all your resume, you know, struggles or things that you are uncertain about, about your resume, about cover letters, LinkedIn profiles. I want you to put all your questions in the comments uh, because we're going to get around to all the questions. All right. We got Amir's in the house from Milton. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, Amir. Uh, Smith from Brantford. Smith, I know you tuned in yesterday as well. Thanks so much again for tuning in. All right. So without further ado, folks, now my guest today is uh, Dr. Amanda Rico. And uh, Dr. Amanda Rico has 13 plus years of experience specializing in resume building, editing, and career solutions for senior and executive level professionals. Uh, now through her business, Rico Editorial Services, Dr. Rico has generated materials and built profiles for TEDx speakers, very impressive, healthcare executives, entrepreneurs, and NGN and petroleum professionals. She has published in the Houston Business Journal and worked alongside public officials and career diplomats like Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner, and Ambassador Kay Bailey Hutchinson, as well as corporate executives such as Jeff Immelt, uh, Jeff Shellbarger, hope I pronounced that correctly, and uh, Jeff Miller. And uh, Dr. Rico earned her PhD in English at Texas A&M University and her master's and bachelor's in English from the University of Oklahoma. So extremely well-qualified person, folks, and and someone who has real-world practical experience helping people with their resumes and their cover letters. So, without further ado, I'm gonna bring my guest in shortly. I want everyone to give uh, Dr. Rico a warm welcome. Make sure you say, make sure you say hi, Dr. Rico, in the comments, and we're gonna get this thing started. Hi, Dr. Rico. How's it going?
1: Hey, how's it going, Dean? Thanks for having me on today. It's cool to uh, be meeting some new people from all over the world, but especially from Canada.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, well, let me ask you this: Is this your first time appearing on a show in Canada?
1: It is so far. All right. Yes. Perfect. I mean, I have a lot of friends from Toronto, so I'm very familiar with uh, with Toronto and then, of course, you know, Francophone Canada, we're in Quebec and Montreal. So, yeah, I mean, no, it's it's great to, uh, to be on here and to be talking to someone like you who I think that, you know, we have a lot of synergy in terms of yes. resume writers and, and recruiters. Definitely, we can work in tandem to figure out some solutions for job seekers.
0: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And, and just to give everyone a background, like uh, myself and Dr. Rico, we connected over LinkedIn. And this, again, is is why you need to be active on LinkedIn, folks, because that's how you meet great people out there. And uh, I always and I only invite guests whereby I see that the, the advice that they provide on their own you know, content makes sense. And that's something that really captured my attention about Dr. Rico is I watched her videos before inviting her as a guest. Her advice makes perfect sense to me, like what she talks about in her videos, and highly recommend all of you follow her as well. Uh, She's very active on LinkedIn. She posts very informative videos in relation to resumes and cover letters and and other job search aspects on her LinkedIn profile. So make sure you follow her. And uh, I do see some questions coming here, which is great. And a lot of people saying hi to you, uh, Dr. Rico. Uh, We got Abhishek saying hi. We got uh, Ravneet saying hi. We got a whole bunch of people saying hi. So really appreciate everyone uh, giving Dr. Rico a warm welcome here. So without further ado, Dr. Rico, now I know I kind of gave a, an introduction regarding yourself, but I know when we first spoke, uh, you know, you told me a bit about your your story and your background. So before we get into the, uh, you know, the resumes and the cover letters, uh, Dr. Rico, can you share with the viewers your journey from academia into where you're at right now?
1: Definitely. Yeah, because my, my career trajectory hasn't necessarily been as linear as I would have thought it was going to be. Um, and I think that that's helpful in a lot of ways because I've been in the position of, you know, a job seeker where I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do, how I was going to shift my life. Um, you know, I started out teaching technical writing at the University of Oklahoma. That was really, you know, I was working with undergrads. Um, you know, technical writing is memos and emails and resumes and all sorts of things like that, practical business type writing. Right. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed that. It was, you know, fun to be able to guide students. And I realized that as I continued in it, that there were so many things that didn't really make sense to me, um, you know, in terms of some of the rules that we were supposed to follow in our technical writing curriculum. So, you know, as I kept going and teaching, um, eventually I went from my BA to my master's um, to my doctorate. And at about the fourth year of my doctorate, I realized I don't want to be a professor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. That had been the goal my whole life was to be a professor. Um, You know, I specialized in, you know, Francophone African literature and I was, you know, going to be going for it, you know, doing global studies wherever someone would take me, um, you know, after publishing and conferencing my heart out. Um, And (laughs) I just realized that the amount of jobs were so slim. I mean, everyone was having to apply. The process was extremely frustrating. Um, You know, just papers upon papers, upon interviews, upon interviews. It was, you know, a five to 10 step process to just get, um, you know, just secure a lectureship um, at an academic institution, not even counting where that institution was gonna be, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to uproot my family. I didn't want to have to deal with moving somewhere I didn't want to have to stay. Uh, you know, because for those of you out there who maybe are professionals, um, who are academics, you know that you go where the job is. And if you get tenure in academia, you stay there. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you're in God knows where, you know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, in, you know, I don't know, in South Alabama or in Juneau, Alaska <laughs> or you know and i've had friends that were you know one friend of mine actually she had a lectureship one year a one-year lectureship in hawaii and then the next year she was in alaska it was nuts you know just imagine the cost
0: totally yeah Uh, totally
1: yeah so i realized i wanted to get out didn't know how my professors were no help they kept telling me to stay in stay in um Uh. and so i had to hustle so I started doing jobs for free. I started taking internships for free at 30 years old <laughs> um, wow. and realized that, okay, what would be a good fit for me um, to shift? And I realized that the nonprofit sector was a good fit because it aligned with what I was studying and global affairs and things like that. So I ended up getting an internship that turned into a full-time job offer and um, I had to intern there for two to three months for free before maneuvering my way into you know a position it just ended up that the previous education director was going to be leaving i applied i got it and worked my way up to director so it's awesome one of those situations where i know a lot of job seekers are in where especially right now the prospect of having to do work for free um can be really really scary and daunting and frustrating but if it means that you're still hustling, that you're still mm-hmm. making inroads and you're still networking, then at least try to do it, especially right now, if you can do it remotely. I really do suggest that because it's led to some real world experience that, yeah. you know, combined with the doctorate has really given me a lot of clout. And it's one of those things where, you know, you, you won't know unless you actually get out there and just start pushing.
0: That's right. Right. That's right. Absolutely. And thanks so much for sharing that, Dr. Rika. So folks, for those of you watching, the reason why I wanted Dr. Rika to share that, because when she told me her story, I found it very inspirational, because a lot of you might kind of be in the same shoes right now, where you're having difficulty, you know, uh, finding work, maybe you're, you're in academia, or maybe you're in a different industry, you're trying to make a switch into a totally another industry. So she has been, Dr. Rico has been exactly where you are. So she's not just someone giving out advice, you know, that that she reads about and stuff like that. She has experienced this herself. So, and I believe that is the source of your advice, uh, Dr. Rico, in terms of your own personal experiences as well. Uh, Now, uh, Dr. Rico, in terms of, I mean, let's get right into the kind of the meat of it. uh, And and just for, you know, I guess practical experience sake, uh, what is the purpose of a resume and, and why is a resume important?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because I get this question all the time actually um, doing what I do. You know, why do I need a resume? What's the point? It's just a document. Well, the resume is a tool. And I like to say the resume is a tool, not a magic lamp, because (laughs) I'll also get people who say, well, can you guarantee me a job if you write my resume? And the answer is always no. Like No one, if someone guarantees you a job, you know, giving you, know, you resume writing services, if they say that, you know, oh, well, we can absolutely guarantee that you'll get an interview or a job or they are, that is not a good business model, first of all. Yeah. Say that. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's not fair for them to be saying things like that, because the resume is a tool. And once that tool is provided, that tool is meant to get you through doors, right? right. So that tool is meant to get you through an applicant tracking system. It's meant to make you stand out to recruiters. It's meant to, you know, get into, you know, an HR managers, you know, vision. And so that they can read it, you know, it'll stand out to them, but it's not a magic lamp. So it is not the end all be all of getting you the job. There are so many other steps. And that's why I always say that I provide career solutions in addition to resume writing um, and editing is because there's, there's a holistic package that goes into thinking through the whole process of getting a job, which I'm sure everybody already knows this, right? I mean, you've lived it. You've filled out the job applications. You've gone through the interviews. You've gotten to that last stage and been rejected. It's, you know, it's one of those things where the resume is the first impression that you get and so as a tool, you want it to be as tight, concise, and as bold as possible.
0: Lo- lo- I love that, Dr. Rico. And, and, and you, you mentioned something extremely important in that the resume is, is a tool. And I think that's the way a lot of people need to be looking at it. Like I sometimes see, you know, certain people, uh, you know, in the career coaching space posting stuff on, on LinkedIn, that oh so and so got a job because I helped them with the resume. Mm. I mean, the resume is definitely important. But something I always tell people in my content is, uh, it all it's going to do is get you a conversation. I mean, right. the, the, the remainder is up to you as the individual. Uh, but that being said, it's an extremely important tool because if they don't find your resume, then you're not going to get that conversation in the first place. Right. Uh, so now, now Dr. Rico, should jobs in terms of their resume, like should job seekers take a one size fits? fits all approach or or should they create targeted resumes and the reason why i'm asking this is a common frustration i get from job seekers is you know dean i'm I'm applying to all these roles and it Mm -hmm. just takes forever for me to customize my resume uh what are your thoughts on that dr rico and any tips on how to do this effectively without spending hours upon hours or is there no other solution to that
1: yeah yeah well i mean the answer is yes and no
0: (laughs) right okay okay uh
1: should you target your resume absolutely it has to be targeted for every job Um, but you can streamline this process and that's really, you know, whenever I build resumes, I am not necessarily building one resume for one job unless somebody is telling me to do that. You know, they have their heart set on, you know, for instance, a job on Amazon, you know, I get that a lot. I really want to get this job on Amazon. Okay. I'll, you know, (laughs) I'll, I'll build that for you, but just be aware. You're going to have to shift certain parts of it whenever you apply elsewhere. So. You know, what works best whenever you're working with someone like a resume writer is to tell them, this is the industry I'm in, this is the type of job I'm looking for, right? So the title, right? Do I wanna be a mm-hmm. senior account manager in the tech industry or something like that? If you give those those items to your resume writer, they should be able to give you a template, right? And of course you can do this yourself as well, you know, with enough information. Build yourself that solid template You know, that solid outline of a resume that has everything going for it, everything right, you know, the majority of the correct keywords for that type of position. So that whenever you're applying for different jobs at different companies, all you have to do is just tweak. Um, You know, a good rule of thumb is that if you're taking more than 30 minutes to revise your current resume, it's probably not the right fit for you. Ah, interesting. Very interesting. If you're spending more than that you need to reconsider if you're actually applying to the right type of position for your skills um and you really need to take a close look at the current experience that you have and the previous experience and see if it's if it lines up if you would actually be considered because i understand right now people are throwing out applications anywhere that they can send them but just be aware there are times where you're completely wasting your time be very Mm -hmm. very mindful of not getting yourself into this burnout stage of just tossing applications anywhere and everywhere, um, hoping that something will grab. Instead, spend your time wisely. You know spend your time really targeting your resume to you know a solid 10 jobs that would be a really good fit instead of tossing out the exact same resume to 100.
0: Okay, to- to- totally makes sense, and and that's that's so interesting what you said about if you're spending too much time, it's probably a sign. It's it might not be the right role for you because I, I guess because Dr. Rika, what you're saying is that it, it's because you're obviously spending spending so much time because you're you're spending so much time changing things up and adjusting things and this and that. Uh, so what you're saying is that might be a sign. Maybe you, it's not the right role for you.
1: And that you know that could just come down to you needing an additional format, right? You may uh, need a okay. different version. So if you have experience, I mean, I work with a lot of people who, you know, for instance, are technical salespeople, and they could do project management, they could do business development. So Mm -hmm. in that case, if you already have those types of roles in your background on your resume, then you may just need to create maybe three different versions of your resume, one for senior account manager, one for senior business developer, and one for, you know, senior technical sales you know, specialist or something, and then you can have those to work from. So it's kind of about whittling down, you know, you know, like you asked, should they be targeted? Absolutely. But if you can whittle down the amount of work you're doing by creating those really solid templates with the right keywords already built in, and then you can tweak as needed. But just being mindful of the types of titles you're applying for, and the types of skills that they're required in there. Um, you know, a good rule of thumb is I actually go on ZipRecruiter all the time. Mm -hmm. And ZipRecruiter has some really, really good details and statistics on what types of key skills are generally required for certain job descriptions. So if you're looking for the role of project manager, if you go into, you know, you could just type into Google, you know, project manager, ZipRecruiter key skills, And it will pull up and you'll see a link that will tell you, you know, you can click on it, you can scroll down and you can see statistics on the types of skills that are generally, that are most required by employers. And then the ones that most people include on their resumes that aren't actually good choices. So it'll actually tell you both. Yeah. It gives you pie charts that show you which ones are actually the best and which ones are not ideal because There are certain terms you might think, well, yeah, you know, customer relationship building, that's a good skill, but that's actually not a common skill whenever you're putting it through an ATS tracking system, something like customer relationships, just direct, that might be a better term. So doing a little bit of research, thinking through You know, if this is the type of title you're looking for, then maybe these are the types of skills that I need to have in my bulleted skills section to make sure that they get picked up by ATS and to make sure that it's easy for recruiters to see. These are my competencies. This is why I'm a good fit.
0: Okay. uh, Yeah, I love that advice. And and so obviously, Dr. Rico, this does involve people putting in some legwork here, right? I I mean, doing their research and, and, you know, taking the time to... To find out, you know, how many versions of the resume they should have, uh, making those tweaks when necessary for the role. So uh, that's great. That's great advice. And by the way, folks, I do see we have some questions, uh, so I will be coming around to the questions shortly. But anyone has any questions uh, based on what Dr. Rico has mentioned already, feel free to put it in the comments if you need any clarifications. She will be, uh, you know, responding to, to those uh, shortly and um, so in terms of the uh the actual format of the resume dr regal like what's yeah. your advice on a good format and is there a particular structure and you know those various subdivisions like h- h- what's your advice on that
1: there is there is an ideal outline for a resume um and you know that changes over time so any good right. resume writer is going to know the trends and developments in resume writing um which is why it's really important that if you do decide to either do this on your own or to go with someone who does this for you That you really vet them, (laughs) that you make sure that they know current trends, because I have spoken to some people before, you know, who are professionals who think that it's still okay to put an objective on there. Um, uh, You know, things like an objective are very out of date. Um, You know, what's more in you know, timely right now is to have an executive summary at the top. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, you know, as a recruiter, you have recruiter fatigue all the time. Your goal is to have that bird's eye view of your candidate and the faster you can hook them, the easier it is for you to go in the yes pile. And that's always the goal. So what I do is I front load all of the important details about my candidate right up top. I don't dive Mm -hmm. into education. I don't dive into professional work experience. I start with a heading, right? And that heading will generally have, you know, their title, either their current title or the title that they're pursuing. So, you know, something like Vice President of Sales and Marketing, I might have that bolded at the top in a specific section heading, which is this right. is important. You want headings because ATS will pick that up, and recruiters will pick that up too. That their eye will be drawn. to that heading. You want to walk them down, spoon feed them what sections they want to look at. Um, And so you have the heading on top with your title or the title you're seeking. You have generally what I do um, is kind of either three core competencies or three key achievements right below that Mm -hmm. with, you know, kind of that vertical dash in between. Right. So you might have 60 million in revenue growth, vertical dash um you know exceeded sales quota in two quarters you know and then dash but very brief very concise immediately you know wow okay this person is really competent they are at the top of their game i can see immediately why they would be considered for this role and then everything below that should just lead into and reinforce those achievements so The executive summary you definitely want to outline how many years of experience you have you know not listing years of experience could be a detriment because ats actually picks up on you know it's going exactly by the job description and all Mm -hmm. job descriptions have how many years of experience you're supposed to have so if you don't have 15 years of experience in your summary first of all it's just not a good practice to not list that, right? You want people to know how much experience you have. Yes. But secondly, you want ATS to pick that up because that's just another point in, you know, going you going to the yes pile. So, you know, executive summary is that bird's eye view. You want to talk about, you know, you want to think of this as your 32nd pitch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay? So, if you were to walk up to someone, you know, in a room, and you were they were to ask you oh what do you do what are you good at what you know what's your specialization that is your summary you know your first sentence should be tight it should be exact it should be you know senior you know vice vice president experienced vice president of sales with 17 plus years of experience um, you know cultivating business relationships for op- optimal growth in m- domestic and international energy and petroleum industries right so yeah you know, well i mean that captures my attention
0: right away if i was a recruiter i mean that'll right. def- definitely capture my attention yeah
1: right so that first sentence you know think of this as you know if you're if you're writing a story would you start out by saying you know i don't know something boring right something like, <laughs> yeah yeah She started eating cereal right <laughs> oh, okay, <whatever. laughs> but she walked down a dark wood or something like you oh want something i see like yeah yeah, that, yeah okay in your resume that that first hook that you know that little plug of in one sentence even if they only get through one sentence they can see okay this person has domestic and international experience they have 17 plus years of experience they're at executive level and they have these three competencies right so immediately you know you've captured them in that six to 20 second range which statistically you know recruiters will only look at a resume for between six to 20 seconds so you want that that information to be completely tight um and then yeah you know beyond the executive summary then i always get into bulleted skills so you know a lot of people have asked me should these be soft skills or should these be hard skills and my best answer is hard skills Um, anyone can say that they're good at communication. Anyone can say that they're good at leadership. Um, but whenever you're thinking about, you know, again, think about this as prime real estate, right? You only have 20 seconds to catch their attention. If you list things like leadership and communication, that is not going to make you stand out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what things are going to make you stand out? Are you, you know, do you do strategic partnerships? Um, Do you do corporate social planning? You know, these are types of terms that are very direct, very specific, and targeted um, for your position, but also for a recruiter in what they're looking for. Um, So that that bulleted skill section needs to have primarily hard skills on there because that's that's what's going to catch attention for ATS, you know, the the scanning systems and for human eyes. And then, yeah, from there, I'll go to technical skills. You know, if you're good at Microsoft Office, um, awesome. Make sure that you list out in parentheses. So, you know, Microsoft Office, parentheses, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, you know, OneDrive, whatever you have. Because if you just put Microsoft Office and you don't list out the additional software, ATS, again, (laughs) won't pick it up. And you'll get doctor point. So yeah. <laughs> if possible, <laughs> okay. if possible, list out things exactly. Um, and I say this just, I know it can be really frustrating. You're like, oh, this stupid system. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, trust me, it's just, a, it's more frustrating for me because I do this every day, but, you know, as much as you can, if you have an acronym on there, you know, list out, you know, spell out the words and then put in parentheses the acronym because there are going to be plenty of times where even if a recruiter or a HR manager is in your field, they may not know what the acronym is that you're using. Um, I have plenty of times where, you know, I work with a lot of people in energy and petroleum and there are so many different types of jobs and different roles that I'll ask one person who's in drilling and they won't know what someone who's in natural gas does, you know, mm-hmm. so, right. right. Yeah. So just be aware that your audience, you need to be as clear as possible with a general audience, right? Thinking of this, okay, someone's going to be reading this who is not me, and who may not be in my specific, you know, area. So, okay, got. yeah, so definitely, you know, make sure to include your technical skills, right? So we're front loading it, right? So far, yeah. we've gone from Your heading, right? Of course, you have your contact information on top. One thing I will mention never, ever, ever put anything in a header or a footer. Um, If I can get one thing across, do not put anything in a header or a footer. Um, The scanning systems will not read it. And the worst thing that can happen to you is that you have a spot on resume, but you get ditched because you put your contact information in the header and it didn't come through the system. So, It happens a lot where people will insert you trying to save space. They will put their name, contact details in the header. And then whenever someone actually receives the document electronically, they'll just see text, but they won't know who it belongs to. So please, please don't put anything in a header or a footer. Um, but, you know, of course, in the top very top section with your your name, you know, phone number, email address, no Hotmail, no AOL, please. <laughs> <laughs> Update to Gmail or Yahoo. Uh, we don't want to deal with any issues of ageism. Uh, yeah. So Hotmail and AOL, don't use those. Um, oh, very interesting. Also, yeah, I didn't even
0: think about that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one.
1: Yeah, uh, there are things that you can avoid on your resume that will keep you from getting discriminated against. Um, and that's really one of them is having that updated email address to a Gmail or a, you know, or a Yahoo, that's, you know, that's going to show employers that, you know, you're with the times and, you know, you've updated <laughs> okay. your thing, um, you know, and at the same time making sure that that email address is appropriate. So something like, you know, Amanda.rico at gmail.com is better than, you know, a Rico 025 1982. Mm. Like, you know, just, just be mindful of someone is going to have to reach out to you using this email. The more that you can register in, in their mind that, okay, Amanda Rico was the candidate that I'm talking about, the better, Right. right? So if, you know, if the email address that you want isn't available, please just play with it. Include your middle name, include your middle initial include, you know, something that will still make it easy for someone to remember, okay, this email address belongs to this candidate. Um Because again, you have such a short attention span from HR managers and recruiters because they have so many documents to go through that just make it easy for them, make it concise and direct. Um, you know, don't include your entire personal address. <laughs> um, <laughs> you don't need to do that anymore i've seen yeah. a lot of people who still include a full address you're taking up space that doesn't doesn't need to be taken just putting your city in your state that's all someone yeah. really wants yeah. to know they want to know where you're located so houston texas or toronto you know i don't know you guys go by different um
0: yeah we regions, have postal right? uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah so you know listing that would be fine if you wanted to also include your postcode Um, But again, just be mindful that you don't necessarily need to include all of that. Your recruiter or your HR manager is really only going to want to know, okay, are they in the States? Are they in Canada? Are they in Saudi Arabia? Like, (laughs) where are they located? Would this person be willing to relocate if they're outside of this region? Um, That's the reason why you're including that on your resume. Um, Include your LinkedIn hyperlink up there. This is a new development make sure that that hyperlink is tailored though so the way that you can do this you know a lot of just basic linkedin hyperlinks will have a whole bunch of numbers at the end and that's again that's not a good look we don't want that (laughs) yeah Um, so go into your linkedin um edit your profile settings and make sure that you tailor that hyperlink down to again just your name right so amanda dash rico Mine is Amanda Dash Rico PhD, simple,
0: yeah.
1: easy, um, you know, easy to click, whatever. So, you know, that's the very top, that's the heading. Um, awesome. So we've gone through gone through heading up just walking through the entire resume i hope you don't mind that
0: (laughs) yeah no i mean it was it's amazing uh like you shared some uh, amazing information doctor Rico. really appreciate that we got some positive feedback Mm -hmm. here from abhishek who says great input so uh, thanks for your feedback abhishek and hope all of you are taking notes because doctor rico is sharing a lot of great information uh so make sure you if you're uh tuning in afterwards uh you know watch the replay and uh now dr rico uh, i did have a question here from uh Himani. i guess she's asking uh, is there anything different you have to do if it's like an entry level, maybe a resume, maybe if you're a new grad, you don't have that, you know, exciting stuff you can you can really mention yet, <laughs> at least uh, any, yeah. any, you know, different type of advice for for new graduates or students, uh, Dr. Rico? Uh, you can ask yes. for that.
1: Yeah, I do. And I mean, I, I worked with. With students pretty much exclusively for most of my career. So I know what mean what it needs to look like and what types of things that you need to include to stand out. And you know, a lot of it has to do with being very direct again. So yeah. thinking through, okay, what are the accomplishments that I can put on there that would stand out? What can make me look like a professional? Okay, so I've had some students who will want to use something like um you know, winning a a sports championship or something like that. Be very careful about the types of accomplishments that you're putting onto your resume because they need to be relevant to the job you're applying for. Mm -hmm. Always. You know, if you can check yourself, you know, do one section and then check it with the one thing in mind, is this relevant to the job? If it's not, remove it or revise because if you include information on there that is not relevant, Uh, You know, I've had some people who wanted to include, you know, restaurant experience or something like that because they think that it demonstrates their, um, you know, their commitment or their uh, ability to manage or lead. Absolutely. If it is relevant to the job and you can frame it in a way that it's going to be appealing to a hiring manager, then absolutely do that. But if you're in an industry, you know, for instance, if you're applying for an Amazon you know, tech-related job and you want to include your restaurant experience, I would not suggest that.
0: Right, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Just be
1: very, very mindful as an entry-level candidate. I understand that you want to fill up space, but a good way to do this is to include relevant volunteering. Um, and what I mean by this is not just volunteering like I babysitted or, you know, I babysat or I, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, um, that yeah. can go maybe in, you know, and kind of, don't know something that's a little bit less detailed um on your resume if that's something you want to include but think about things that you've done or you've maybe done office managerial work for a cousin or Mm. you know you've supported a you know a professional at their accounting firm and you know you did that for a summer all of these things anything that can relate directly to that job you can list those things on there as a job right i mean when you hit the interview stage, you'll, they'll ask you those questions. they yeah, you know, yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have gotten paid for that work, but you did the work. And as an entry level candidate, they're going to understand. Okay, this is a one year out student. You know, they haven't created a nonprofit. You know, in Ghana or something. Yeah. You know, they, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: They, this, they're like everyone else. They're just trying to figure out what things to do and how to build their resume. So the more that you can include details of things that you've done that relate directly to that job even if it's just volunteer experience the better and if you don't have it try to get it um Mm -hmm. because there are so many opportunities right now to volunteer remotely you know hustle honestly I i know that right now it's tough everybody's in a tough spot the more hustle you do the better i mean Honestly, there are so many different websites where you can find volunteer opportunities to work remotely, find something that would be in your desired area to work in, and then reach out to people and say, you know, hey, I'd love to contribute, I'd love to help you do, you know, XYZ, I, you know, have competencies in this, or I've specialized in that, you know, would love to help support you, you know, through I don't, you could even phrase it like, you know, I have 10 hours a week that I could support you working remotely doing X job, yeah. you know, and just reaching out. So many people don't do this. They don't do it. And so they don't get the opportunity. Whenever you reach out, that just creates an opportunity for you to add value to someone, you know, mm-hmm. to create a networking opportunity to show that you're a go-getter, to show that you're someone who was a self-starter and that could turn into a job opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> just remember, yeah. just because the job isn't posted doesn't mean that a job isn't there. Um, there are plenty of people right now who still need help and who don't have no idea how to find someone to help them. So yeah. if you're looking for opportunities, you got to hustle. you got to yeah. do it. It's, it's just part of the world now, and you know, got to spend the time, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah, entry level, yes. I mean, it's I understand, you know, some of the frustrations, but as much as you can, think through what relevant things that you've done. Do you have it? Can you get it? Phrase it correctly for that specific type of job. And keep got it to one page.
0: Don't
1: go beyond <laughs> one page. If you're entry level and you're at two pages, no, you need to revise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. So, And also, Dr. Rico, would you say that mentioning academic projects might be useful as well? Uh, I, I know in the tech, be. yeah, because in the tech space, you know, for example, like software developers, they might do actual hands-on, you know, coding projects. Uh, so I guess it kind of depends on the industry or like what? Any, any thoughts about that?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, again, you're writing for a specific audience, know your audience, research yeah, your right. audience, um, you know, even reaching out to, to people in that field. Or if you know people in that field, say, hey, if I were applying for this job, you know, <laughs> Preferably, you're talking to someone who already has that job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is that, you know, is X something that you would want to see from a candidate? And yeah. most people will tell you directly. They'll be like, yeah, or maybe, or no, not really. So, you know, again, this comes back to networking, knowing your audience, yeah. figuring that out. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of, of industries that want publications. They, you know, they want projects Because they want to see that you're prolific, right, that you are producing content that's, you know, making you a thought leader in your, you know, in your sector. And, you know, that's not going to be true of all industries, but there are many that want that type of um, that type of background.
0: Awesome. Amazing, Dr. Uh, Doctor Rico. And uh, now, now kind of moving on to the topic of, I really wanted to ask you your thoughts on, on video resumes. And I did have a yeah. question here. For, yeah, I did have a question here if from Joel. Mad- <laughs> yeah, so I did have a comment here from Joel Madeira. So shout out to Joel. Thanks for your question. So Joel says, guys, I started to make short videos describing myself and attaching this link in my resume. Is this a good approach? Uh, what are your thoughts on this, uh, Dr. Rico?
1: You know, I mean, this is a new development that is not well-researched yet. Um, yeah. I will say that. And I'll say that um, document resumes are going to be around for a long time. I, I don't necessarily think that I would only switch to a, a video resume. I think it's really smart, um, you know, to include maybe a link in your resume if you want to. But just remember, including things in there like links that aren't necessarily being asked for in your resume, it, it could be a doc in, in the scanning system software. So just be very mindful, be very careful about, you know, getting too creative or too crazy um, yeah. about including things like that. Um, but definitely, I think that this is an awesome networking tool. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how I would answer for this question. How I have been answering this question is a video resume is a great networking tool to put on your LinkedIn. Um, It's a great networking tool for your website, for, you know, anything like that, where you're trying to capture an audience so that they can learn more about you quickly. I think video resumes are a great idea. They're never going to be, well, I wouldn't say never, but not yet. it will take many, many years for a video resume to be a standard um, procedure in a job search. So I would say don't spend too much time on things like this. If you want to stand out and this is, you know, say, for instance you're in the tech industry and you see this trend happening absolutely you know pick up on the trend figure out how you can make it work for you but don't spend so much time on something that's trendy yeah, that yeah. you forget to spend most of your time on the thing that is going to get you a job <laughs> so um really spend the most time on that document resume because that's the thing that's going to go through a scanning system and that's the thing that's going to get you an interview and a
0: job yeah, I would say I, I completely agree with that, uh, Dr. Rico. Like, and just again, from my standpoint as a recruiter, I'm just thinking, right, uh, if I'm mm-hmm. – and just like what you mentioned before, like you have like – what is it, like 10 seconds to capture the recruiter's attention and, yeah. and all that. And a, a video resume, like if, you, if let's say you get like, you know, 20 re- video resumes, like how realistic is it the recruiter's going to go through all 20? Like that could take hours, right, I mean, uh, watching yes. everyone's videos. So I, I would say I definitely definitely agree with that uh, and hope that helps, uh, Joel. Um, and uh, now on the t- topic of cover letters, uh, Dr. Riga, I definitely wanted to cover uh, cover letters. Like, so what is the purpose of a cover letter? And, and when should job seekers make use of cover letters? And, and how long should these cover letters be?
1: Yeah, so, you know, great question. A cover letter is a really useful tool, um, again, you know, like, like the resume. But it's a different kind of tool. So it's a tool that allows you to give a snapshot of yourself Um, in a way that's a little bit more conversational. So when I say conversational, I don't mean give away a ton of personal information. I've seen cover letters before that will talk about someone's family life, you know, have a picture on it. Please don't do these types of things. Um, Again, you don't want to put yourself in a position where someone could discriminate against you based off of the information that you put in there. Always keep it just professional keep it job related Um, with photos please don't include photos I know that sometimes this can be customary in in other job markets around the world but for American and Canadian markets I really would not suggest putting a photo unless you're an executive level person yeah um, yeah. who is applying to you know this is going to be something you hand to a board member or something like that (laughs) Um, which is you're at a different level you can do whatever you want at that point Um, But if you are a job seeker who's at the entry level all the way up to the senior level, uh, really stay away from photos um, and stay away from oversharing. So, you know, the cover letter is really something where, again, you're trying to avoid recruiter fatigue. And it is really common for me to see cover letters that just have block paragraphs. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I even see ones that have one full paragraph. Uh, Please don't (laughs) do this. Right. Uh, I think think from the position of if you were having to read 200 of these a day yeah. um, or more. <laughs> so would you want to read an entire block paragraph over and over and over? Like You wouldn't do it, right? You would read maybe the first par- the first sentence or two and then decide if it was going to be in the yes or no pile. So yeah. a good rule of thumb is to make sure that you are breaking up your content into very small paragraphs. So, you know, think of this as like social media, whenever you make a post, don't just post one long paragraph, right? You post smaller sections to make it more easily readable. And this is another, this is a good rule of thumb for cover letters. You're trying to tell a story. You're trying to give someone a snippet of your resume without saying it again, verbatim, you know, you want to highlight the important parts of the resume because repetition is actually a pretty good tool. Um, in your, you know, in your materials because more than likely someone will not have read it the first time. So there's no, you know, there's no real problem with repeating similar types of information that you've pulled from your resume. Don't copy and paste everything. Um, But one good rule of thumb that I like to do is um, use either bulleted lists, you know, no more than three, typically, you know, no more than three bullets. Um, but I really like to use check marks. So, uh-huh. you know, check marked lists, again, no more than three, but um, including these with just one line of key achievements. This just shows, just immediately right off the bat, someone's eye is going to be drawn to that. They're going to see your value. They're going to appreciate that you didn't make them read a ridiculous amount of content.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, and they're going to see a check mark, which implies that you've completed it, right? This is a delivered result. This is something that you have done in your career. Um, even just the visual of it shows action. And that's really what I like about using a check mark rather than just a standard bullet point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with cover letters, they're really, there's something that is necessary if the job application requires it. Not every job is going to require a cover letter. So I completely understand a lot of people saying, well, do I really need it? Well, the question is, how many jobs are you applying for?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's right.
1: If you're applying for a lot of jobs, you need to have a cover letter. Because if you don't include one and they ask for it, you're automatically going to get dropped. Mm -hmm. Anything that someone asks for that you do not include, you will get dropped. You will have put yourself out of the running if you do not include certain materials. Um, The only situation that I can think of this not being the case is for very, very small companies that tend to not be as organized, right? So you're not necessarily putting your materials into a a scanning system, you're just sending them to a person. In that case, you might get a follow-up asking, hey, we didn't get your cover letter, can you send that along? But most Mm -hmm. of the time, you're not gonna get that courtesy. Somewhat, you're just not going to hear back from yeah, them exactly. because yeah. you didn't send the right materials. You didn't follow the instructions. So follow those instructions. You know, really, if there's one thing I can drill in, <laughs> follow the instructions. Um, <laughs> make sure that you're not thinking of this as just a, a fast and quick way. That oh, you know, the more that I send out, the the easier it'll be for me to find a job. No, mm-hmm. people are looking, they're not just looking for someone to fill a position, they're looking for the right person to fill the yep. position. And there are hundreds of other applicants besides you. So if you don't take the time and read the directions and target your materials to that position, you're doing yourself a disservice and you're really wasting your time. Um, so yeah, that's just some real... Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean, that that's really great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. No, and, and uh, I see a lot of positive feedback from the from the viewers as well. Uh, you're sharing some great uh, information, Dr. Rika, really appreciate that. Now, now, now Dr. Rika, on the topic of uh, LinkedIn profiles, uh, what yeah. are some best practices you can suggest in regards to LinkedIn profiles? And, and what are some common mistakes you see people making?
1: Sure. Um, And, you know, to start this portion out, I will give a huge shout out actually to a Houston-based recruiting company called CGL Recruiting and Melanie Woods, who does videos every single week on hacks for LinkedIn and resumes, because I personally have learned so much from her. Um, So if you can look up CGL Recruiting, Recruiting, she's... Awesome um, in terms of putting out those videos that really help job seekers. Uh, she actually just posted another video this morning saying, I'm still seeing the same problem on LinkedIn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Please fix this, job seekers. So I will provide right. you with her tip. Um, you know, again, qualifying, this is not something that I am saying from my experience, okay. but she has given me this tip of, okay. The thing that we're seeing all the time is the open to new opportunities heading section, right? I completely understand wanting to highlight the fact that you're open to new opportunities, but whenever you put this in your heading, you're telling a recruiter, an HR manager, absolutely nothing about what you do or what you're good at. All they see is your face and open to new opportunities. They're gonna have to search in your professional work experience to see what you do. You do not want to have to make anyone work for that. So remove that, please, please, please remove that, (laughs) remove open to no opportunities and instead put what you have done. Okay. So if you were an account manager, if you were a business developer, if you were, you know, a career strategist, something like that, include those competencies or those roles with you know you can again use that vertical line you know in between them you'll see this a lot on linkedin people use the separation and that's that's a good rule of thumb to use um include that in your heading and then put open to new opportunities in business development or whatever as a new work experience okay so whenever you go to add a new profile section hit new work experience and then add <laughs> add <laughs> open to new opportunities in specific titles. Yeah. Right? So that, and then of course, you know, for the company, you always have to include a company name. You can put open to new opportunities in that section. That's not a problem. What you're doing with this, what this is allowing to happen is recruiters to find you more easily. So I know that it's been, you know, kind of, it's been, I think, tossed around that the whole hashtag open to work, the section on top that a lot of people have, that that's allowing recruiters to find you. And in some cases, yes, that is a good tool. But from what I've heard from a lot of mid-level recruiters, which are the recruiters that are generally going to be finding you for most of the time, yeah, it's a very, very expensive function for them to use to find people using that hashtag open to work. Mm-hmm. So that will be for high level recruiters who can afford that to be able to search that way. What you want is for any and every recruiter to be able to find you. Right? So yes, use the hashtag open to work section, put the relevant details there, but also go down and include that new work experience, doing that open to new opportunities in business development, you know, like senior business developer, you know, whatever right whatever your roles are and then save that you know save that from the time that you were let go from your previous job to the present so that you can make sure that you get found because most recruiters are trying to look you up in terms of what roles you have now you know either Mm -hmm. now or previously but now a lot as well so make it easy on them you know and then you can still maintain your heading with the vertical the vertical lines instead of Making your heading the open to new opportunities thing, you know, just don't click the make this my headline.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Leave it in your work experience um, and keep the, the professional look up top that shows what you're really good at. Okay. I know that was a lot of details of, you know, how to do that thing. Definitely check out, you know, Melanie Woods. Her video on this is awesome. She has it on YouTube as well and it will explain it for you.
0: Yeah, I think I'm um, definitely gonna follow her as well myself. Uh, Melanie Woods—that's that's what you said the name was.
1: Yeah, Melanie, oh, Melanie Woods. Woods aren't yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely gonna G-L check recruiting.
0: it out myself. CGL Recruiting. Yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. gonna check that out. That, that's awesome. Uh, now, uh, you know, you, and you shared so much great information, Doctor Rico. I don't want to—I do want to make sure we're we're able to get to the Q and A with the uh, with the view, with the the uh, viewers. Uh, so, yeah. but before we get to yeah, before we get to that, Doctor Rico, can you tell the let the viewers know more about yourself in terms of how can you help them with your services and your solutions?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, I don't want to do a pitch. It's,
0: Go right ahead. I mean, you know, nope, no I, worries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I build resumes. I, I customize resumes. Um, it's, you know, based off the information you've heard from me today, it's, I do this for a living. I enjoy it. I love helping job seekers. Um, you know, I will say that in terms of building resumes that I, I get the question a lot, how much do you cost? You know, How much does it cost to build a resume? How much is it? How much is it? How much is it? Much is it? Over and over. Um, so I always like to say that every resume is different. And it's important for me personally as a professional to customize your resume and to have a conversation with you first before I just toss out a quote um, of how much it's gonna cost. Because if it takes me you know, on on average, it takes me six hours to rebuild a resume. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's not just editing a document. This thing is a strategic puzzle. And, you know, I hope that if this uh, conversation has, you know, has said anything, that it shows you that it is, it's a process. And if, you know, for those of you who have tried to do it yourself, I'm sure you understand. And I don't really need to tell you that, (laughs) but, um, Yeah, on average, six hours to build a resume, you know, to the specifications that it needs to be at with the proper template, the proper margins, the proper setup. Um, And what a good resume writer will do is look at the content that you already have, cherry pick the good details, completely reformat how it's phrased, look at job descriptions of what you're interested in, take keywords, phrases, you know, pull things from that, but also think about what your story is and how Mm. to build that and what the best way to format your information would be. I know that there's a lot of discussion about formatting information in terms of chronological order or, you know, out of order. Um, I'm sure as a recruiter, you know that it is a best practice to always use chronological because you don't want it to look like you have gaps in your career history. But, you know, there are a lot of people who are in a position where, you know, maybe you needed to stay at home with your children, maybe you're a veteran, right? So there are all sorts of ways that resume writers um, think through how to frame your information in the best way to phrase it and to make it visually appealing and to make it something that a recruiter would want to say, yes, that is, that's the right person for us. Even though I see that they had a gap in their, you know, in their work history, this person has all the qualifications we need.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and in terms of, and, and you post great content, uh, Dr. Rico, I, I'm, I'm a follower of your content myself. Uh, can you tell, can you, can you tell the viewers like, where, are you okay with them connecting with you or following you on LinkedIn? Yeah. What are the best, best channels?
1: Yeah, no, just find uh, me. LinkedIn? Okay. Yep. I mean, you can just type in Amanda Rico comma, just like how it is here on the screen. Uh, okay. Definitely happy to connect. I post content every day. I have a scheduler <laughs> where my, <laughs> okay. my content goes out. You know, I brainstorm and I think through what thing, you know, what things people are dealing with. I curate all of my content based off of challenges that I'm seeing come up in my feed and come up in um, you know, people that I've connected with. So the content that I'm posting isn't just meant to be storytelling. It's not meant to just be this hoorah motivation go you yeah. type thing. Yeah. It's genuinely based on what I'm seeing from my network. So if I see my network is talking about having trouble with job scams, next week's week's topic is going to be on job scams, right? So I try to make sure that everything is relevant for right now. And whenever people join my network, you become a part of the conversation with me so that I can Mm -hmm. help you figure out some strategies to get through this slump right now. Um, And that's why every week, you know, like today, I just posted a poll. So I post a poll every week with four different topics that seem to be coming up quite a bit in my feed. So, you know, one of the topics, you know, potential topics based on how people vote is jobs, you know, job scams Mm -hmm. right now. Um, I actually just picked up, you know, on this with uh, one of my friends yesterday, where he was mentioning, he was like, oh, yeah. seen a whole bunch of scams going on with oil and gas jobs. I was like, what? (laughs) So so now we're all, you know, freaked out about this kind of stuff. But this is right. You want to stay relevant. You want to stay up to date on what's happening. And the second that you just keep churning out the same stuff, um, you know, you're not helping anyone. So that's really my goal with my content is to make sure it's relevant.
0: That's right. Awesome. Yeah. So, folks, those of you watching, make make sure you connect with and follow uh, Dr. Rico. She posts a lot of great content, uh, very interactive and, and a lot of great, uh, you know, again, practical tips and advice as well. Uh, now, Dr. Rico, I, I do see that we're on the hour at the dot, but do you happen to have a few minutes for a few questions? maybe? Yeah. OK. Sure, OK. I awesome. Like- awesome. Yeah. Appreciate your time, Dr. Rico. Uh, so let's see here. Now we have a question from uh, Ruja. So Ruja says, if there's a gap on the resume, how can we include that in the resume? And I guess guess she means a work experience gap. Uh, Any advice on that, like if if someone's been away from uh, work?
1: Yeah, so I mean, if there's a gap, there's a gap, right? Um, Don't necessarily need to try to hide it, and that's completely fine. If you did do any kind of volunteer work in between that, that would be relevant to your work experience. Again, kind of like an entry-level resume. You know, you can do your best to try to fill some of that space with that volunteer work experience. Again, as long as it's relevant to the job you're posting for. Um, But yeah, I mean, a gap, a lot of employers will be pretty understanding, um, as long as it's not a huge gap that's unexplained. um, Generally, it will come up in the interview process and you'll be able to explain it in the interview process, as long as the rest of your qualifications are solid and they can see that you're the right fit otherwise. They're not really going to be bothered by, you know, a two year gap because you needed to stay at home with your kids or something like that. That's something that can be explained away. One thing that I will say is to not necessarily, again, on the topic of oversharing, um, please don't go into personal details on your resume and try to explain why the gap is there. I understand the tendency to do that. You know, I've seen it quite a few times where someone will say, you know, 2000 to 2003 stayed at home with children don't do that Um, again we we don't want to invite any opportunity for someone who has eyes on the resume to discriminate against you Um, Mm -hmm. just leave that off leave the gap and if they have questions and you feel comfortable answering that question in the interview then address it then but don't feel like you need to explain away every single gaps that you have. I've had someone, you know, try to say they wanted to explain a, a month gap. Oh, wait. oh don't, wow. Don't do that. <laughs> you don't need to do that. That's, yeah. <laughs> you are not a slave to your employer. The empo- it's a yeah. mutually beneficial relationship. They need you yeah. and you need them. So do not make yourself, you know, completely subservient to what you think they're going to want. Just hold your professional boundaries.
0: Right. Great, great advice. Uh, and I uh, hope that helps. Uh, uh, I believe it was Ruja who asked the question. So hope that helps, Ruja. Uh, another question here, uh, Dr. Rico, is uh, from this individual who says, good point on the email address. What about more than 20 plus years of experience? Would you put it in the resume or LinkedIn? I guess they're asking, Dr. Rico, should they put all 20 years of their experience?
1: Yeah, if you have 20 years of experience, go for it. Now, there's there's a debate going on. <laughs> It, with a lot of resume writers, is the experience length fifteen years or twenty years? Um, you know, of course, anything beyond twenty years, don't you know? Please don't include it if it's, you know, prior to two thousand. At that point, employers stop really listening because uh, they say, okay, well, maybe they did that all that long ago, but they're not going to have the compet- competency in that now. Um, so yeah, if you have twenty years of experience and it is relevant to the job. <laughs> please go ahead and include it. Definitely. I mean, I've worked with a lot of people who are 20, 30, you know, sometimes even 40 year um, people. It, it's always, you know, again, going back to that topic of, of discrimination or of oversharing, things like that. Be cautious if you're someone who has experience over 20 years, um, really make sure that your approach is very fresh. Um, you know, make sure that you're not, again, going past the year 2000 and your experience, you can say that you're an experienced, you know, how would you say this? You wouldn't say veteran, but the the word escapes me right now. But you can show how much experience you have and how qualified you are by showing on your resume rather than having to tell, tell, tell. So, Mm. yeah, I mean, I I think that it can be tricky and I totally understand, you know, wanting to include all the experiences but um yeah just tighten it up because more than likely if you have more than 20 years the recruiter isn't even going to get to the bottom of that page so just keep it keep it as tight as possible
0: okay excellent excellent and then uh, hope uh, you know whoever asked that question hope that helped you out uh we have time for one more question and uh i know we'll we'll let we'll have to let dr rico go uh but uh let's see here so we got neha who says, uh, can you please share your views on job seekers with transferable skills into a new role or industry? More specifically, do functional resumes work?
1: Hmm. Yeah, definitely. So this is a really good question and it's something that I've been working with a lot with my clients. Um, I've actually been building two different resumes for most people. Most of my clients are coming in and one of my first questions to them in the consultation is, do you wanna stay in your industry? Because so many of them are wanting to switch industries. And I think that having those two different resumes for two different industries is really your best way to go. Um, a functional resume, again, you know, if you skip out of that chronological format, it's a risk. So be very yeah. careful yeah. about going to a different resume style. Um, again, those scanning systems are looking for specific dates. If you have too many gaps because haven't been in that field it can really be a detriment and you can be wasting your time so just be very careful and think through if you actually have enough qualifications to be considered for that new industry i mean of course you may have some really good transferable skills so what might be the case is that you just need to take a little time and get some work experience in that industry before you start applying for jobs Um, you know i know that it's frustrating I completely understand. It may take a little time for you to get some background in that. And again, maybe having to work for free, maybe having to spend some nights or some weekends taking courses to, you know, be able to learn that new industry. But if you're really committed to shifting your pivoting industries, that should be something that you build into your time management so that you can get out of the industry or in if it's not a good fit.
0: Awesome, great, great advice, uh, Dr. Rico uh, Neha. Hope that helps. And uh, we're gonna wrap it up now, folks. Uh, just one more. I get some feedback from Dina here. Appreciate you tuning in. D- Dina says, "Hey, Dean, I must say your guests are getting better by b- better each session." Dr. Rico, thank you for your enthusiasm to help the world. Dean's army on LinkedIn. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much, Dina, and uh, Dr. Rico. Thanks so much for your time. And hey, folks, for so those of you watching, if you want me to bring back Dr. Rico, let me know in the comments. Okay, I'm gonna do my best to bring her back, and uh, you know, keep help I'm helping happy, you I'm all of you. Awesome. We'd we'll love to have you back, uh, Dr. Rico. Uh, so that being said, Dr. Rico, thank you so much for, for the time you spent with us. You shared so much great practical tips and advice. I, I truly feel like you went above and beyond with the advice you provided. Uh, I, I definitely would love to have you on again. And and thanks so much. And for those of you watching, make sure you connect with and follow uh, Dr. Rico. Again, a lot of great content and and tips and, and all, all that all great stuff that she puts on our LinkedIn. So make sure you do that and feel free to engage with our content and, and you know continue the conversation from there. Uh, that being yeah. said, thank yeah, yeah, that's right. That being said, thanks so much, everyone. Everyone have a great uh, rest of the day. And uh, Dr. Rico, thanks so much again.
1: Of course, we're almost a Friday, so hooray!
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> almost there. All right, bye everyone. Bye, Dr. Rico.
1: Bye. Thank you. Bye.